0: Welcome to House of Hope Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message from this past Sunday. For more
1: information about other messages or events at House of Hope, visit www.ihope.today. But Father, I just thank you for the opportunity that we have to receive from this amazing man. And we bless him as he speaks. And whatever he has for us, Lord, I pray that we would eat the meat and spit out the bones and we just bless him as he speaks. Amen? Amen. 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 Thank you. Right. Yeah. Thank you so much uh, for the gen- generosity of your uh, uh, pastor here, uh, allowing me to speak to you this morning. And uh, I have spoken in churches over the years that uh, uh, flag, but I never understand uh, what they meant until this. A lady explained to me, and the pastor explained to me, so I know this is what it is about. This is such a homey, cozy place. It's so people-oriented, family-oriented. I love it here. I feel settled. I fit in. Thank you. Now, if you have your iPhone with you, your tablet with you, your Bible with you, turn with me to the uh, Gospel of John, Chapter 8, the Gospel of John, Chapter 8, 1-11, to 11. Gospel of John, Chapter 8, 1-11, and I'm reading from the Amplified Bible. We're having, we having a good start here. All right, yeah. First one. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Early in the morning, at dawn, he came back into the temple court, and the people came to him in crowds. He sat down and was teaching them. When the scribes and Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery, they make her stand in the middle of the court and put the case before him, teacher, they said, "This woman has been caught in the very act of adultery. Now Moses, in the law, confirmed commanded us that such woman, such offenders, such type of woman, such type of man, such type of boy, such type of person. Such type
0: of girl shall be stoned to death. What do you say to do with her? What
1: is your sentence? This they said to try to test him, hoping they might find a charge on which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger. However, when they persisted with the question, he raised himself up and said, let him who is without sin among you be the first one to throw a stone at her. Then he bent down, went on writing on the ground with his finger. They listened to him, and then they began going out, conscience-stricken, one by one, from the oldest dam to the last one of them. Till Jesus was left alone with the woman standing there before him in the center of the court. When Jesus raised himself up, he said to her, Woman, where are your accusers? Has no man condemned you? She answered, No one Lord." And Jesus said, I do not condemn you either. Go on
0: your way, and from now on, sin no more. We have heard this gospel account from a man. The Apostle John. Now, let hear from the woman herself. Let us hear
1: from the woman herself. And this is taken from walking with gospel woman. I felt a rough hand on my shoulder, pushing me toward Jesus, causing me to stumble and fall at his feet. I kept my eyes down, knowing that the gaze of the whole crowd was fixed on me. Teacher, one of the Pharisees said, this one was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses said he should be stoned to death. What do you say? There was a complete hush. Jesus was trapped. I knew it. How could he disagree with the law of Moses? There was no way. There's no alternative. He would have to condemn me to death. My body started to shake uncontrollably. As I crouched there, my face in my hands, the silence was broken by a scratching sound. I raised my head slightly to see what was going on and realized that Jesus had bent over and was writing in the dust with his finger. Quite close to me. What was he writing? Only the teachers and I were close enough to see. It was the commandments that God had given to Moses, starting with, you must have no other God before me. The teachers of the law and the Pharisee grew impatient, demanding a reply to their question. And Jesus just continued to write, you must not make for yourself an idol of any kind. Answer us! One shouted.
0: You must not misuse the name of the Lord your God," he wrote. Then he stood up and looked straight at them. The
1: one who has never sinned should be the first to throw a stone. At that moment, I heard a wail, and my heart was torn apart. It was the cry of my son.
0: Instinctively, my eyes turned in the direction of the cry. And there he was,
1: standing next to my husband, clinging to him, his face streaked with tears. My eyes met those of my husband for just a second, and I saw there the agony of a betrayed man. I saw Jesus look at them too. His eyes were filled with deep compassion, as if he understood pain and betrayal. He bent over again and continued to write, Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. I heard desperate shouts for mercy and realized that they were coming from my own lips. In self-protection, I curled my body over my knees, wrapping my hands around my head
0: and waited the first blow. Silence. Only the scratching of the writing was audible. Honor your father and mother.
1: The stillness was broken by the sound of footsteps, at first near and then fading away into the distance. Silence again. Then the scratching continued. You shall not murder. There were more footsteps. I hardly dare read next what Jesus wrote next. You shall not commit adultery. My shame and my pain well up inside me. I want to talk to this rabbi to explain, try to justify myself. I have not set out to be unfaithful to my husband. It was years of loneliness, the absence of gentle words, loving touch, or sheer laughter. And then discovery of all this in the arms of another man. I've taken a terrible risk to feel alive and wanted. The words remained written in dust in front of me, so close I could touch them. I sent movement behind me, surely now that they could see these words. The first stone would be thrown, but there was not a thud, not a word. So the silence and scratching continued, must not steal, Jesus wrote. All the while the crowd was motionless, while behind me the footsteps continued, at first loud and then fading, dying away. You must not testify falsely against your neighbor. Bit by bit, I stricken my body. I dare to turn to look. They have left. They have left. Every single one of the religious leaders had gone. On the edge of the crowd, I could see my husband and my son waiting.
0: Waiting for what? Waiting for what? You must not covet. Jesus stood up, looking at me.
1: Is that what I have been do- not what is that not what I have been doing? Covering what I did not have? He slowly looked took in the scent around me, among him, the crowd, my family, the empty space where the Pharisee has stood. He said gently to me, Where are those who accuse you. Does not even one of them condemn you?
0: No, sir. No Lord, I whispered. With great authority and for all to hear, Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Now go on. Sin. There's a gospel scene. The gospel
1: scene is that there's a temple court, the crowds of people, the woman, Jesus, the scribes and the Pharisees. Now, let's look at the culture at that time. The culture at that time is the culture of shame and honor. A culture of shame and honor. Men in a shame and honor society are supposed to have a good control of the woman, keep the woman in line. And when the woman, the wife, engaged in adultery, nowadays called affair, she brought shame to the man, the husband. In order to bring honor back to the man, The man has to get rid of the woman who is seen to be a a pollutant to the family, the whole community, the whole town. And when you want to get rid of her, you cannot touch her because she is a pollutant. She's morally unclean and she's contagious. Therefore, stoning her is a way to get rid of her
0: without touching her. In this gospel scene, the whole community shamed the woman. She's probably naked
1: or half naked. I can hear the crowd from old to young men and women are shouting and calling her name whore, whore, whore. Slut, slut, slut. Bitch, bitch, bitch. Horrible, horrible, horrible
0: names we call women and girls when they engage in sexual misconduct. Have you experienced someone calling you names when you were growing up? Have you experienced someone calling you names when you were in school? Have you experienced someone calling you
1: names in your relationship even now? The woman must feel so alone abandoned. Do you know what is the worst thing a man can do to a woman? The worst thing a man can do to a woman is to make her feel alone, alone in the marriage, alone to do everything in the home, alone and cannot connect with her husband. Do you know what is the worst thing a woman can do to a man? The worst thing a
0: woman can do to a man It's to make him feel inadequate. Nothing I do is good enough for you. Nothing I do meet your standard and expectations. Nothing I do is spiritual enough for you. The woman must feel so ashamed and unworthy. The crowds are calling her
1: nasty name and chanting, you're no good to your husband. You're no good to your family. You're no good to your community. You're no good to the town. It's not something what she has
0: done is no good. It's who she is the person is no good. The person is no good to your husband and the whole community.
1: you know there's a difference between guilt and shame? Fuse tells you you have, you make a mistake. Fuse tells you you make a mistake. Shame tells you you are the mistake. Fuse tells you you have a problem. Shame tells you you are the problem. Shame comes with tremendous emotional pain because shame telling you all the shame tapes and shame attack. I am unworthy, I am stupid, I am ugly, I am fat, I am inadequate, I am a mistake, I am nothing, I am useless, I am a loser, I am no one. I am nothing but a failure. I am too old to be of much importance anymore. I can't do anything right, I will fail, I have no value. If I talk, people will know I am not smart. I am not a good spouse. Not as good as others. No one would love me if they knew all my secrets. Can't
0: measure up. Can't believe God will forgive me for what is what I have done. No one would want me. There's something wrong with me. These are shame tapes. These are shame attacks.
1: We heard of panic attack. We heard of anxiety attack. But a
0: lot of us don't realize there's, so, there's such thing as shame. guilt and shame are universal. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter the color of your
1: skin. White, red, yellow. There's no blue. No, no blue. (laughs) Brown. Okay. Black. Okay. There's no blue. Okay. Um, Because all dating back to the Garden of Eden. When a man and woman disobey, right away they know they have done something wrong. They, They know they're guilty, so they find something to cover up, to cover the body. That's guilt. When they find out the creator walking in the garden, trying to find them, they want to hide. They hide. That is shame. Shame is always manifest in the context of relationship. I can
0: never make my dad happy. No matter what I do, I still cannot make my mom happy. I cannot meet the expectation of my wife or my husband. That is shame. So guilt and shame are universal. However, if you come from a
1: family history of addiction, like my dad is alcoholic, or my grandfather is alcoholic, your shame, your pain of shame is enormous. If you come from a family history of abuse, there's a history of abuse in your family physical, verbal, emotional, sexual. Your shame and the pain of shame is enormous. If you come from a family history, there's a parent, very controlling, very controlling, high expectation, black and white, right and wrong. Then what you do, you cannot measure up in your shame and your pain of shame. Is enormous. Now, because we are not from a shame-based society, people from Middle East, from China, they know what shame is. Don't shame my dad. Don't shame my family. Don't shame my village. We are guilt-based. So none of us grew up, people talking to us about shame, although even it's universal. So we have to do things to make that pain of shame more bearable. According to Brittany Brown, a shame researcher out of Texas, USA, and she found out we do three things. She called it three Ps to make our our pain of shame more bearable. The three Ps are pleasing, performing, perfecting, pleasing, performing, perfecting, Pleasing people. Always make people happy. Cannot say no. Feel responsible for everything. Feel responsible for everyone. Want to take care of everyone. Your girlfriend, your
0: neighbor, your husband. Everyone. And perform. My value based on my work.
1: Perform. Perform. Measured by my work. How big is my house? How many cars I have? How big is my account? How many promotions I have? And then perfecting the performance. Many of them become a perfectionist. Have you ever known a perfectionist? Have I ever lived a perfectionist? I am a recovering perfectionist. A recovering one. So what is the difference between a perfectionist and a recovering one? A recovering one means I have choices now. I can choose when to be perfect, when I go to the airport, yes, Helen, let's go two hours before the flight. My wife said, come on, WestJet only to Calgary. <laughs> but other than that, I'm much more relaxed now. Even come to church, if i five minutes late, I don't, think, I don't think Jesus will whack my head.
0: right? I don't think Jesus will whack our head if we are five minutes late. Pleasing, performing, perfecting is what we call,
1: what I call shame receiver behavior. Shame receiver behavior. Shame receiver, take care of everything. They cannot say no. Shame receiver, feel responsible for everyone, everything. And they burn out fast. Some shame receivers become very controlling, micromanaging. And some shame receiver they run away from the pain of shame. And they seek comfort and
0: soothing in the world of pornography. Because the world of pornography, there's no rejection. And pornography becomes a highly
1: addictive pain relief medication. Folks, pornography is a drug. Drug, no different than alcohol, no different than cocaine. Now, if the shame receiver are not
0: facing the shame and pain, eventually they become shame givers. When shame receiver doesn't
1: identify the shame and face them, Eventually, we will become shame givers. And these are the shame giver behaviors. Self-absorbed, indifferent, uninvolved, critical, punishes harshly, speak truth without grace, use the word should frequently. You should know that. You should be better. Interrupts, sarcastic. You know sarcastic is a form of inner anger compares you to others, embarrasses you, joke at your expense, seek to control you, overstep your boundaries, hold grudges, remind you that you are worthless, communicates that you are not good enough, inadequate,
0: a pain, a burden, I wish you were not born. It's a shame-giver behavior. Now, we look at the gospel scene,
1: we look at the culture, now, let's look at the plot. The Pharisee and the scribe, they have a game plan. And the game plan it was, is, they want to trick Jesus in the tension between justice and mercy. What is your sentence, Jesus? If Jesus says, apply justice and stone the woman, they will say Jesus is not merciful. If Jesus says, spare the woman and show her compassion, they will say, Jesus
0: knows nothing about justice. But what happened next, the next act, what happens next is totally unexpected by everyone, including you and I. Verse 6,
1: Jesus stooped down and rolled on the ground with his fingers. See, Jesus does not want to look at the woman. Why? Because in doing so, looking at her, he is joining the community to participate in shaming her. Jesus' God incarnation does not come into our world to shame us. He comes into our world to identify with us and show us solidarity. By not participating in shaming her, Jesus is telling the woman, you are not alone. You are not on your own. Emmanuel, God with you. And God with us. In Emmanuel, God with you. And God with us. Jesus know in a short period of time, he will be just like the woman, half naked, totally alone and abandoned, and the whole world shame him on the cross, just like the whole community is shaming the woman. Folks, Jesus is not only our guilt offering, he is also our shame bearer. He is our shame bearer. Now, how did Jesus bear our shame? Jesus bore our shame in two distinctive ways. In, he was spat upon, and when he was exposed on the cross. In the Old Testament, spitting in the face was a great as a gesture of contempt, a deliberate insult. Job, during his trial, was such an object of disgrace that people spat upon him in disgust. Job chapter 30, verse 10 they abhor me, they stand aloof from me, and do not refrain from spitting in my face at the sight of me. Job not only lost his children, his wealth,
0: and his health, he lost his honor and dignity as a person.
1: Jesus was spat upon during the course of his suffering. Matthew chapter 27, 30, and they spat on him and took the reed, the staff, and struck him on the head. Mark chapter 15, 19, 15, 19 and they struck his head with a staff made of a bamboo like reed and spat on him and kept bowing their knees and homage to him. And Jesus foretold this would happen two different times. When he was on earth, Mark chapter 10, 34, they will mock him, and spit on him, and whip him, and put him to death. And after three days, he will rise again from death. And Luke 18.32, for he will be handed over to the Gentile, who will make sport of, and scold, and jeer at, and insult, and spit upon. And centuries before Jesus become flesh, the word spoke through Isaiah. The prophet Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 56. 50 verse 6, I gave my back to the smitters and my cheeks to those who plucked off the hair. I hid not my faith from shame and spitting. Notice how the phrase shame and spitting go together in Isaiah prophecy.
0: Jesus actually bore our shame when he was spit upon so we could be emotionally healed
1: of shame and disgrace, and we don't have to carry our shame and our shame tapes anymore. We don't have to medicate our pain anymore with food, with shopping, with porn,
0: with work, with ministry, with a person who is not our spouse. Jesus sees things differently. Jesus always
1: sees things differently. Things don't have to be this way. We don't have to choose between mercy and justice. Verse 7, Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. The scribes and the Pharisees thought that in order to maintain a sense of wholesomeness in a community, they have to get rid of the woman who is the pollutant. The contagious sinner,
0: the scapegoat. But Jesus said, Look at yourself first. Look at yourself first. There's no scapegoat in the community.
1: There's no scapegoat in any community, any family. There's no scapegoat in any church, and there's no scapegoat in this church. Looking at ourselves first is a consistent teaching of Jesus. Matthew chapter 7, 1 to 5. First, get rid of the beam of timber of your own eye. And then you will see clearly to take the tiny particle out of your brother's eye. Luke chapter 18, 9 to 14. For everyone who exhorts himself will be humbled, but he who humble himself will be
0: exalted. Look at ourselves first. Things don't have to be this way. Things don't have to be this way. Things don't have to be this way. When your wife is
1: asleep, you turn on your smartphone and look at pornography.
0: Things don't have to this way. When your mom and dad are not home, you go online and look at porn. Things don't have to this way. That you're texting a female
1: coworker, You don't want your wife to read the text messages. Things don't have to this way that you don't give your husband a chance to help at home. Things don't have this way, you compare him to other men. Things don't have to be this way, that you criticize his family. Things don't have to be this way, you don't take his point of view seriously. Things don't have to be this way, that you work so much, that you don't do your share of parenting household chores, and meal preparations. Things don't have to be this way, that you make your wife feeling alone in her dream to have a place in your life where your parents could not interfere. Things don't have to be this way, but you make your wife feeling alone in her fears with your anger. Things don't have to be this way, but you often in a bad mood.
0: Things don't have to be this way. But you think. You do more than he does. Jesus telling the woman, you're not alone. You're
1: not on your own. Emmanuel, God with you. Jean telling her, I identify with you. I stand alongside with your shame and suffering. I am with you. Jesus telling the scribes and Pharisees. Whole community Things don't have to be this way. Examine yourself first. Now, the community listens. Conscience-stricken, one by one, young and old, men and women, left. They left. I have a hunch that someone is so stricken by his or her conscience, they'll put some clothing on the woman to cover her up, to help restore
0: her honor and dignity as a person. Verse 10 to 11. And Jesus raised himself
1: up. He said to the woman, Woman, where are your accuser? Has any, have no man to condemn you? She answered, No, sir, no, Lord. And Jesus said, I do not condemn you either. Go on your way. And from now on, sin
0: no more. Folks, Jesus knew right and wrong. Jesus knew this woman had sinned.
1: But Jesus often made those he contacted feel
0: better about themselves. And in doing so, people felt connected with him.
1: Go on your way. It's not much about, okay, I don't condemn you. You can go away now. You can go home and you will sin no more right away. No. Go on your way is about following Jesus. Go on your way is about healing. Following Jesus and healing does not happen in isolation. Following Jesus and healing happen in a community of safe people, just like this community of safe people. This is a safe community for the bigger community. And that's why healing and following Jesus happen. Not just in this room, but when you reach
0: out. Go on your way's not much about go now and sin no more, and right away no sin.
1: I heard a Franciscan priest once said, "It's always been much easier to worship Jesus than to follow him. Following Jesus demands care for the supposedly unworthy the sinners, the outsiders, and the non-observers of the law. Such a lifestyle makes you few friends. When religion remains a mere belonging system, instead of a transformation system, it becomes a closed country club for the healthy, instead of an always open hospital for the ailing and the weak, which is just about all of us.
0: We don't want this community to become a country club. You want this place
1: come here. That's where you find healing and salvation.
0: And things don't have to be this way in your life. Is that so true? It's always easy to worship Jesus
1: on a Sunday morning than to follow Jesus the rest of the week, the rest of the month, the rest of the year. And it's the hardest to follow Jesus
0: when no one is watching. It is hardest to follow Jesus when no one is watching. But remember, in the Gospel of Luke chapter 5, Jesus never said to the Levi, the test collector,
1: worship me. He did say, follow. Follow me. Go on your way is about calling to a lifetime of discipleship with Jesus. It's calling to a life journey of walking with Jesus. I bet Jesus wants to walk every step of this journey together with you and I. The more we walk with Jesus, the more we find out our Heavenly Father is a good father. Good times and bad times. The more we walk with Jesus, the more we find out our Heavenly Father is a good Father. Good times and bad times. Go on your ways about growing up with Jesus, maturing with Jesus, to be raised with Jesus. In contemporary terms, Jesus calling this woman, get up, rise up, face your problem. Face your pain, face your shame, stop running away. You and your husband go to talk to a counselor, a psychologist, a clergy. Identify the root of your marital environment. Begin to find out what is missing in the marital environment. Begin a journey to bring healing to this severe relationship injury caused by the affair. Folks, if you want your pain and your shame and your struggle pornography, your struggle relationship, and your marriage will grow bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Practice these three things. I guarantee your problem in porn and relation marriage will big bigger 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 big bigger. And three things are secrecy,
0: silence, and judgment. Secrecy, silence. Judge. Jesus calling the opposite. Go on your way and seek some counsel. Seek some help.
1: Because healing does not happen in isolation. Healing and following Jesus happen in a community of safe people. Now, how to face our shame? First, you have to name your shame. I call it name it and face it. Name it and face it. I call people, I tell people, even a bad name is better than no names. Cancer is a bad name. But if your doctor cannot tell you what's wrong, mom, mom, ma'am, sorry, we have no name for your pain. We have no name for your problem. You'll freak out. But if the doctor says you have cancer, what kind of pain, cancer? You prostate cancer. So what should I do, doctor? Go for surgery. It's, go for surgery now. Then you can do something. You can face it. Name it and face it. So my mission as a psychologist, as a counselor, is I do a shame assessment with my client. When they come, name all the shame. Name all the shame-receiving
0: behavior. Name all the shame-giving behavior. I'll give them tools to face the shame. Folks, the opposite of shame is respect. The opposite of shame is respect.
1: Not just to respect that I'm a precious child of God, but to respect that there's right and wrong. The respect that people are different, with different journey. They have different opinions. They have different ways of doing things, including running a church, running a province, running a country. The respect that each one of us has an unspoken story. We're not here to judge. To respect that God has a different plan for each one of us. To respect that life is not fair. If you want life to be fair, you'll be disappointed. To respect life is not fair. Respect that sometimes there are no simple answers. To respect that sometimes there are no answers for a long time. Respect there are things we have no control. Respect that we are not responsible for everything. To respect that some things in life cannot be fixed, they can only be carried. To respect that some
0: things in life cannot be fixed, they can only be carried. To respect
1: that when helping someone too much, when fixing too much, and trying to save
0: and rescue someone too much, This is the sunny side of control. When you
1: try to fix too much, rescue too much, it's called a sunny side of control. And respect that there's no greater act for others than to acknowledge someone's pain and to say, I am here with you. Respect that when it comes to struggle pornography, you cannot do it on your own. You cannot fix it by your own strong will and resolve. And respect that you need to seek counsel. And to respect that what God is most interested in. We have to respect what God is most interested in. And that is, when we die, when you die and go to heaven and you meet God, God is not going to say to you, why didn't you become a saint? Why didn't you discover the cure for cancer? Why didn't you change the world? No.
0: All God will ask you at that holy time is, why didn't you become you? Why didn't you become you? The way I design you. The way I create you. Why
1: didn't you become you? And those are the words of
0: Ellie Wiesel one of the best-known survivors of the Holocaust. And most of all, the respect. When we hold
1: that bread, when we cup that bread, when we stretch out our hand, and we hear this voice, this is my body, broken for you. This is Christ's body broken for you. At that moment, everything changed. Everything changed. When you hear that voice, when we cup that bread, this is my body broken for you. We're not here to run the shame tape. We're not here to run the shame attack. We're we're not here to allow shame attack us. We're
0: here to run the respect tape. Jesus not only took our sins on the cross. He bore our shame on the cross. And that's the full gospel. That's the full gospel. So that we are people of the second chance. On this Sunday morning at the House of Hope here, let us remind ourselves
1: that we are not on our own. Emmanuel, God with us. Let us remind ourselves that things don't have to be this way. The prodigal son came to himself in the Gospel of Luke chapter 15, 17. He came to realize things don't have to be this way. And he got up
0: and he returned to his father. There's an offer of salvation option for change. This morning, Jesus called all of us
1: to follow him, to get up, rise up, grow up, to be raised with him, to mature with him, to face our problem, face our pain, to face our shame. Stop running away. Stop self-medicating ourselves with porn, with another woman, another man. Stop self-medicating ourselves with work, and even with ministry. Things don't have to be this way. Jesus is calling us to seek help To bring healing, growth, and maturity to our lives, our relationship, our home, and our marriage.
0: This is Jesus' demands, as well as invitation for all of us. Now, let's get back to the gospel scene. That's where we began. Let's go back to that gospel scene. Let's go back to the temple court. The scribe and Pharisee have left. The crowds of people have left. The woman has left. And Jesus has left to another town. The temple court is empty. How come some of us still linger on in the temple court, holding on to our own stones of shame? How come some of us still linger on in the temple court holding on to a stone, waiting to
1: shame someone on social media because that person have a
0: different political view or that person support a different hockey team? How come some of us want to work harder than Jesus.
1: To work harder than Jesus. The pleasing, the performing, and the perfecting. As if the work of Jesus on the cross as our shame-bearer and guilt-offering is not
0: hard enough. As the worship team's will post a song, Come As You Are,
1: on the screen. Come as you are. Let us lay down our burden. Let us lay down our shame in front of the cross. Let us come to
0: love ourselves. To love ourselves truly for God's sake. Let us
1: come to love ourselves Truly, for God's sake, we pray the Asian words, hallowed be your name. And the echo of the prayer returned to us. Hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. Hallowed be our precious name.
0: Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to our Sermon of the Week. Our desire is that
1: you will be changed by the love of the Father and the power of his presence. For more
0: information about House of Hope, visit us at www.ihope.today.